gotta do it old school like I used to. And the intro's starting. Here we go. It's been a long time, but I think we're finally back. I think we're finally back. Here we go. And... Ah! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Otaku Connection. And this <coughs> program is interesting. Um, yeah, I've upgraded from Audacity to Soundforge. Soundforge probably being out of my price range normally, but uh, thank you, Humble Bundle, for that and some video editing software. Maybe I can finally hold to my promise of YouTube content, but yes. So, <clears throat> the long break wasn't for nothing. This is part of my uh, dastardly and ultimately diabolical plan to have something out every day that my co-hosts aren't putting something out. I'm not sure if this plan is being put into effect just yet, but um, I'm just gonna spoil it. That's the plan. And I think I talked Mike into it. I think we're good. I think we're good. Besides, I really need to do this. I really need to be doing something productive. I don't know. Creative. Expressive. I'll, I'll just be honest with you guys, I have a mood disorder, and sometimes it just doesn't number on me, and having something to do helps. Then this might help. Also, I miss you. It's been too long. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we're going to start by finishing something. Yes, I'm sorry to anyone who was waiting on us to complete Street Fighter 2V. It's the wait from hell, and... We deserve to die a wretched, horrid, painful death. All of us, not just me. I'm not going down alone, Pangelina. For shit. You're coming with me. Anyway, yeah, enough uh, preamble and BS and all that other stuff. We have the finale of Street Fighter 2V, so please enjoy. We're back! Exciting. Whatever the term is, did you find these episodes exciting, Joe? Did I find these episodes exciting, Lionel? Hmm. Well, you've got a. You've hmm. got a. When you talk, when you say it like that, Joe, you've got like a really nice radio voice. Why? Thank you. Um, I found these episodes to be entertaining, especially the last few episodes. They were full of energy and. Pew pew and Hadoukens and Hadoukens and Spinnings. Yeah, there was a lot of pew pew. <laughs> and a lot about of it. and a lot of bison smiling. Yeah, um, in my notes, I've got it written down. Bison is a supervillain living his best life because he is just <laughs> he is just so fucking pleased with himself all yeah. the goddamn time. Yeah, there was one point near. In one of those final episodes where he said some shit, and I was just like, ah, oh, so this is basically his character, Raul Julia, wasn't really exaggerating too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing in my notes is that, like, and I think they may have, uh, it was two things in my notes, I guess. One is that I did say in my notes that they seem to be pulling a lot more 
than the animated film from the live action film. But uh, also that this is like more characterization than Bison gets in anywhere short of the live action film. Like he's actually got a motivation. And there seems to be a, uh, a um, benevolent, benevolent spin to it, even though he's a total psychopath. <laughs> yeah, I was curious about that. I didn't. Yeah, normally he's just, I'm evil for the sake of evil. I'll take over the world, because why not? Is that what he's like in the games? Yeah. It, it's basically, it's like a, a might makes right mentality. It's just, I'm stronger than you, so I'll do whatever I want. Eat shit. He sure does like strength. Yep. Well, no, he's all about uh, attaining power. Um, the character he's based on, um, I want to say the name of the character is Masanori Kato or some shit. It's from, um, something, something Monogatari, something stories, um, whatever. They adapted it into an anime called Doom Megalopolis that I hope we never have to watch. Uh, why? It does some pretty grimy shit. Uh, and also there's like a, there's like a character and an arc for that character that is kind of like insulting in the sense that you're supposed to like sympathize with him, even though he's a utterly heinous and irredeemable bastard. And not, and not in a way that's like meant to like challenge the reader and think about anything. Um... I guess minor spoilers for Doom Megalopolis. The the guy's a rapist, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, well, that's fun. The tip of the rape iceberg. Yeah, no, I got I got real upset watching that, and it's sad because there's some interesting stuff in it. But the uh, primary antagonist of that uh, anime and the story it's based on is the basis for Bison. And he's just like a, he's like a supernatural rage monster. Like he he's apparently the embodiment of like a bunch of angry dead people. He he's a he's a grudge personified, and he has like a ridiculously high power level that seems to scale up with each uh, each story. Which is why Bison is both so strong and so violent, and doesn't seem to have a deep motivation beyond I want to hurt people. So, outside of all the crazy action and mind controlling and mm-hmm. all and all the shackling of people's legs and there, there there was a bit of bondage going on. <laughs> I with that with that line where it's not about the destination it's about the journey Mm -hmm. did i say that right i Mm -hmm. would almost have to say i enjoyed that more than getting to the ending point than the actual ending itself now not to say i did not enjoy all the crazy cool action and you know fighting and stuff but all the stuff that they went through in earlier episodes and all the different character interactions and (coughs) I think I enjoyed that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of it felt very slice of lifey. 
yeah. times earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I thought was really kind of brilliant that they did here was they managed to kind of boomerang a lot of those adventures that they went on back by having the characters show up mm-hmm. do like meaningful things like Guile and uh, Fei Wong, mm-hmm. etc. coming in at the end. Yeah. What we didn't really get was Dulcine. And uh, we didn't really get to see much of, more of Akuma. <laughs> there was um, there was one last cameo from him in the uh, yeah. <laughs> hospital with a in broken ER. arm. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who fucked his shit up. But yeah, I was... When we started ramping up, like... Sort of when we started getting to the Vega episodes, things started ramping up. And I thought they would kind of mellow out again, but they didn't. Uh, so when I realized that these last like ten episodes were gonna be the climax, I was fine with it. But I was also just a little bit sad that we didn't get to go on like another dumbass journey with these two. Yeah, wacky adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it it was cool. I liked the way they ended it. It felt a little bit padded out. Mm-hmm. Is how many different ways can you watch people scream and power up and yeah, it was very DB. It was very DBZ in that way. Yeah, but uh, and the ending was a little bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them part ways. Um, and I was sad we didn't really get to see what happened to Chun Li and her dad. Um, I mean, yeah, we know they're fine, but yeah, like, there's there there'd be a bit of uh, aftermath for what happened to each of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, I was like kind of sad that like the f- like the actual fight between Ken and Ryu and Bison was going to be in that last episode because I was like, okay, if they don't, okay, that's going to eat up most of the episode, so we're not going to get like a proper epilogue, not the one I want at least. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just a testament to the adventure that we went on. Yeah. see all that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, Kevin Smith always talks about the ending to Batman, the Brave and the Bold, Mm -hmm. where he like, I guess he looks at the camera and he's like, wherever, blah, there's fucking justice needs to happen, I'll be there and shit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how I feel about this, like, that's sad, like, this, like, really good version of these characters is... We're not gonna get to see that again, but then again, like Street Fighter goes on. So we kind of have, and there's kind of a more of a timeline to all of this shit than like, you know, like a random alternate universe comic book would be. So we kind of know where these two are going, where they're headed. Like we know the story, but I still would like to see. I just want more. I want another season of this. Yeah. Me it was, too. It was just fun to watch them and all their crazy adventures. I think some of my favorite moments was, what was the episode where it was, was Chung Lee's dad when, no, no, no. Was he, with, was he the cop? Is he the, yeah. the cop or something? Yeah. yeah when, he, when he went in the building or something and he came out and everyone was, I think he, no, I'm trying to remember that clearly. 
did he fight all of them or something? Like, they didn't show it. Yeah, there was, like, but, a big uh, ambush on the inside and the outside of his dojo. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just the, the moments like that, the one when they were in the city trying to escape. Uh, well, it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, it was Chun-Li and... Oh, you mean in the Turbo Ghetto? Yeah, sorry, the Turbo Ghetto. <laughs> yes, the Turbo Ghetto. When they were trying to get out of there, and there were just all these great moments that they went through the entire series and this was fine but i mean it was (laughs) there was part one part two part three part four then yeah so just yeah and it was and it was divided between three different fights that they would cut to at random i was kind of one thing i was kind of wishing is that we could have gotten the fights just straight through like one episode devoted to fei long versus cammy and then one for Guile and Zangief, and then just get the rest focused in on what's going on with Ken Ryu and Bison. I, mean, yeah. I like the way they did it. I felt like it was balanced. Whenever it was okay, this, I always think of uh, Return of the Jedi and the way because mm-hmm. they have that end fight scene where you're bouncing between like Vader and like uh, Han and. Wait, they, oh yeah, Han and Leia on the on Endor, and then like uh, fucking Lando up in the sky. Mm-hmm. I thought they they did a pretty good job bouncing between the different fights here. Really, like, my issue with the way they jump between them, they actually did it okay. The problem is, is that it was also being used to pad things out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they were just doing everything they could to pad things out mm-hmm. especially like it was really noticeable we talked about this in the last episode we did on this but the the uh the assassination attempt on mm-hmm. it's just you were so many so many shots of her just standing there looking at him mm-hmm. and i feel like we got even we even got some more of that yeah we episode. did we did it was ridiculous I would have to say my favorite when it comes to staring would be Ryu and Zeng- was it Zengief? That's that his name. Yeah, that's his name. Um, when they were just they were looking at each other for a second, and it was his long. It was just it was like a weird. Just he wasn't moving, and he was just looking at him, and he was looking back, and it was very- yeah, it's like like a weirdly stunted conversation between the two with long pauses of them just kind of staring at each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean they did a good job of kind of hiding their padding mm-hmm. but they're i mean i guess not because we noticed it but yeah but well, it, it, never, it's a, it, it was never a, felt like it took me out of the moment like i think yeah. there was a moment where ryu was looking at somebody it was when ryu and ken like they finally like ken runs in and sees the brainwashed ryu mm-hmm. and you see ryu he's like yelling and then he's looking at ken and then you see ken looking at him and then you go back to Ryu standing there, and it goes back to Ken looking at him, and then it's a close-up of Ryu's face staring back at him. I'm just like, you guys just pat it out like 10 <laughs> seconds, 15 <laughs> seconds of them just staring at each other. Yeah. Dramatically. Well, it was it was an on-and-off problem with the series as a whole, which I guess is why it was so noticeable. But uh, I'd say that this didn't need to be like the events that they depicted in the 10 episodes we watched didn't need to be 10 episodes. Yeah, they could have easily cut three episodes out, maybe even reduced it to like five episodes. <laughs> yeah, uh, what were they gonna say? 
Hmm. No luck in remembering. No. <laughs> and no worries. Um, it was disappointing not to see Mr. Boxer Man do his thing. I was kind of yeah, that was going to happen. He's another character that they seem to uh, change just for the sake of the story. And some of it was welcomed. I, I was disappointed to not see, you know, see Balrog go to work on somebody and be like a badass boxer. But uh, But it was nice to see Balrog not be like this big, dumb, hulking brute. Like, he actually seems to be a pretty intelligent guy here. I guess the only thing that seems weird to me is that he's this big muscle-bound dude, but is, like, afraid of getting into fights. Yeah, he seemed like a scaredy cat. Yeah, (laughs) he did seem pretty cowardly. And and the way he went out, well, he didn't really go out the window. Well, he did go out the window. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. He He got whooped. I was really hope. Yeah, and it happened really easily. Yeah, no, he didn't put up any kind of fight. Mm-mm. Yeah, Cammy was kind of a beast. Yeah, this, which I appreciate. I thought her mm-hmm. her character was kind of interesting. I thought it was it was a little funky the way Faye Long kind of brought her to the light side. Where it was just like, oh hey, you got tricked. Um, she's like, oh shit, I'm a good guy now. It's it's kind of convenient. At the same time, it's it was literally the it was literally the just talk scenario playing out the way you know you'd hoped. Yeah, because they actually yeah. did, in spite of the fact that there was reason for them to try and well, they did try and yeah, kill each but- other, but only to a point. It's not the fact that they just talked it out. I was fine with that. It was just like, it just made her seem a little bit dumb. Like, it was viable, but at the same time, like, it was kind of like, yeah, you you got tricked. (laughs) (laughs) It made it, I guess it made uh, the way she got duped seem pretty simple. Yeah. That it got, uh, it got unraveled so easily. Mm Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed her. She had an interesting steez. Um, Her her clothes were weird, and like the uh, the cross thing that needed to stop. Not the wire. (laughs) Not the wire. The Holy Father, forgive me for doing my job, which is murdering (laughs) people. It's like I said in the last episode we did. When 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 they try and like depict. Like, uh, I don't know, Christians, Catholics, what have you, in anime, and there isn't something profound being said, they treat the religion like a compulsion. I mean, kind of is in real life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like... It, it just didn't. It just seems so dumb. It's like it's I'm about like to do a, something. I'm about to do something completely heinous and unforgivable. Better pray. Well, yeah, it's just like kind of a tired trope at this point. Like, even like as much as a masterpiece as I think Saving Private Ryan is, I still cringe a little bit when Jackson like pulls up his rifle and he starts like saying little prayers before he shoots somebody. I'm just like, all right. 
it's just kind of a it's it feels like a lazy shortcut to be like oh this person's a badass but they're conflicted yeah 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 that's a that 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 it wasn't the case with me and cammy it just it, it felt kind of like ham-fisted and clumsy yeah it was but it didn't bother me just because of the context of the show is like pretty ham-fisted at times it's it's goofy the show is goofy i guess it's like the fact that she comes in with this at a point where the show's ramping up and getting serious feels less like they did it for the lulls and more like they either didn't care or or i don't know they they, just wanted a shortcut to make her complicated she's not religious in the games is she no i don't think religion ever really comes up in the games Mm. Uh, no, she's not her. Maybe, maybe the character was like wasn't very well developed at the time, so they were just kind of like let's 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 add this because um, the only thing you know in the games is that she has some kind of history with Bison. Well, it's the only thing you know about her in the games at the time that this came out. Yeah, but that was wait. She wasn't English, was she? Um, is I don't she know. Is English? She yeah, she normally is, and they didn't give her an accent here. I don't know if she was still technically meant to be English, or if they were just kind of like playing it by ear. Hmm. Yeah, but overall, I mean, these last set of episodes seem pretty mm, following the formula yeah they were um a lot more serious i guess just due to the point in the story that we're at um, yeah like one of the things that was kind of missing here was the humor yeah I and mean, and I the gayness ex- <laughs> i expected to oh i thought the, the gayness went Super open. I was ready for. I was like, oh, okay, it's they might tone it down, but actually, when I was watching, I was just like, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to do it. Like the fact that I'm thinking that they're gonna tone it down, there's no way they're gonna tone it down. <laughs> and they had that scene where, and it was one of those kind of pad moments, but it was Ryu and Ken just looking at each other and like yelling and. I think they were screaming and they were charging up their hado, mm-hmm. and it had this like jazzy porn music playing behind it. Oh yeah, so like, see, it worked for me, but not. I wasn't even thinking about it in that. Oh yeah, this is like sublimated homoeroticism again. Um, no, for some reason the music worked for me in the sense that they were using like it felt like it was playing into the nature of hado having this sort of harmonious effect if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was like, okay, this is... They, they can't show them fucking, so they're just yeah. going to show them simultaneously climaxing together yeah. in another way. I think... <laughs> the, the Yeah, yeah, thinking about it that way. Really, what should have given it away for me is when the saxophone hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was another like weird... I did want to point out, we heard a lot of the same music cues that we've been hearing throughout the series, and I actually really liked the music. Mm-hmm. Me too. But uh, there's a point where Ryu was kind of turned evil, 
And one of the many times he's using Hado at the end, mm-hmm. I, I think he's doing it for Bison, and it's playing that. Uh, part of me thought this was a nice callback to when he first was learning it from the Chinese guy. They were playing like that Chinese mm-hmm. uh, opera violin music yeah. behind it, mm-hmm. and I, I liked it, but it also felt like tonally it didn't really fit the scene. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a few times during these episodes where the music kind of totally didn't fit the scene unless they were trying to say something else. Um, there was something to it for me in like, uh, specifically when they're playing like light or easy listening or elevator type music when the Hado is being used. Like I imagine there's the, like I said, that sort of harmonious sort of like hippy dippy at one with nature kind of effect. Um, I, but what I also got the feeling of was that they had a very limited music library that they had to make work. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder did that? I wonder if that jazz song ever played anywhere else in the series. I'm not sure. So when Ken was. Uh, I guess tied down. Well, he wasn't really tied. He was. He was chained, you know, was, Joe. Chained down. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> it was chained. What? So maybe you guys already just talked about it, but the little fairy-looking things coming out of him and helping him power up to set himself free. I mean, well, that was the Hado. Okay, where did that come? Was so, it- so the idea is that uh, what the Hado does is that, like it draws upon latent energy in, like, the air, in nature, in the world, in whatever. So it's basically an energy source that won't really run out for him. And because Ryu does the same thing, it's just the dots are a different color. So was that triggered by all the stuff you were seeing happening to Chung Li or something, or what was... A combination of that and a need to, like, get to them. I think what it was is I think the Hado was making him see it. Like Joe, think of the Hado as the force. There was a point where he was kind of channeling it and he could see Ryu being tortured Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. I see. It's life, life force. Yeah. It literally is life force. Mm. Well, that was an interesting moment. Breaking free, saving Mm -hmm. his friends. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of that? Like the final fight when they're the, fighting, the big damn fight in Nega Space or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like the bit of lore there where it's like, oh yeah, if you have like weird ass superpowers in this world, it all comes from the space we're in. It was a interesting way to like tie things together without literally like without them feeling chained together. And would make for an interesting element if uh, they were to decide to come back to this. Like, now you've got a means to roughly explain everyone else's powers, but still leave room open for them all to be different. Yeah. And I did kind of find it was neat that, like... uh, the way uh, Bison's basically drawing power from, like, an Indiana Jones-style artifact... And his own hatred. 
Yep, the head spinning, or I think it was head spinning. Uh, I don't know. Well, his whole body was spinning. <laughs> yeah. Bice is an interesting character. He's crazy. Super strong, which is why I'm surprised they suddenly were able to defeat him, considering how insanely powerful well, it's, the entire series has made him. The the difference here, it's not the difference isn't the gap isn't as huge as it was in the animated film. Um, yeah, Ken and Ryu were still new to Hado, but one thing they kind of hammer into you is that these two are comparable uh, energy sources. The the the, yeah. the way they balance it is that while Bison has more experience with his power, um, he's outnumbered. Mm. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of of balancing that, showing that like because we we we've seen kind of how tough Ryu and Ken have been throughout the series, mm-hmm. and just the idea that they both have to be at their peak best and have learned this new technique to be able to take down bison. It takes both of them. Mm-hmm. So, and they're like, was, yeah, they're clearly figuring things out as they go along too. Yeah. Uh, it's also, nice. it's also a power that kind of like, um, easily that easily gets away with like a character's kind of like feeling something out or just kind of like figuring things out as they go since it's not like it's it's not the kind of thing you learn from a manual for lack of a better way of explaining it yeah uh before we move completely away from the topic of gayness um (laughs) tell me if i was just like thinking too hard about this uh did any of you get the feeling that like Bison's number one lackey had a thing for him? Uh, I didn't quite get that feeling, but I was a little. I was actually putting my my head in his his space mm-hmm. a little bit more than you'd think, because I was thinking like if I was this guy, I would probably be too scared to really try and run away because it's like. Biden mm-hmm. seems to trust him. He's just like, yeah, get out of here. Go take care of that thing. Mm-hmm. He's just like, wait, you want me to stay? Mm-hmm. kind of like he was really loyal. Yeah, he was uh, suspiciously loyal. Yeah, but I was also kind of like, well, I don't know. He mentioned something about Thailand, and immediately my brain was like, well, maybe he gets paid in like, tie hookers or something (laughs) that's what would have to make me stay (laughs) i see only because because they were pretty clear about establishing yeah he is that uh subordinate that's kind of like ruled through fear but at the same time he shows a degree of concern for bison that kind of like not necessarily contradicts that it just kind of gave me the feeling okay this this guy's like way too loyal to this person that's like clearly yeah. terrifying and is like belittling him and <laughs> and seems seems like he he's about to like break down when he thinks Bison was killed in that explosion. Yeah, but the other thing I was thinking about is like if you worked for Bison and whatever he was paying you, if you saw how powerful that guy was and you spent enough time which is probably about 30 seconds to know how crazy Bison mm-hmm. really is and how, mm-hmm. you know, it's like... He kills people free, for fun. He's giving him free reign to leave, and you would... 
even if he was, I would have the instinct to be like, okay, I'm going to get the fuck out of here and hopefully mm-hmm. he just dies here. But in the back of my head, I'd be like, no, there's no way I can't betray this guy. I can't go to the cops because the cops aren't going to protect you from bison. Like, bison will find you. He probably, yeah. who knows if he can actually be killed. Well, he did. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did in this series, but that was through a comparable energy, and we saw that bullets do nothing. Yeah. Do you think he died? Um, it seems like it would be. Died. It seems like he would be too, too, too good to pass up. If uh, you know, like if if there was an intent to either go back to this or just to have fun with, oh, maybe he's back after all. It seems like it would be too good not to do to some degree. Maybe just like show some bit of like that crazy purple energy like lingering in the area of the old base or somebody has like somebody's eyes lights up or some shit. Cause I mean, they did it in the animated movie absurdly. So they killed him. Yeah. Well, he got hit with two Hadoukens and then like right before the credits, he shows up in a truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he did die. I forgot about that. The truck. Yeah. He yeah. Hit you with a truck. <laughs> yeah. That shit was hella silly. So I was like, and this show is way sillier than that anime, so it's like, why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, well, I kind of... And plus, his, like, his statue broke. His power source blew up. Yeah, but but going back to, like, my comic book analogy, where with as far as timelines go, I feel like this sits on the Street Fighter timeline almost in a sort of portable ops-ish way, where it's like, Here's an interpretation of a thing that definitely happened. Mm. So in my head, like this is a prequel to, you know, the other like Street Fighter story that, you know, we've been seeing in like Street Fighter 2. And if this is a prequel to Street Fighter 2, then Bison's definitely back. And I feel like everybody in, you know, after Street Fighter 2 knows who Bison is and knows he's a threat. Mm. So I feel like it's like he... He definitely got blasted. Uh, it's definitely a lot of animation budget was spent there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's alive. He he could be. Um, but this the other is... thing is, I I feel like Street Fighter has never really had any other villain. But then again, I don't really play him. Um, they have none. Has really kind of uh, really kind of been able to supplant Bison. Isn't like, he always there? Not always. Uh, there's a different villain in in Street Fighter Three, and um, yeah, normally when there's like comparable villains around, he's still there. Because like there's a boss character in Street Fighter Four that isn't Bison, but Bison's in that game. And uh, five, they have characters that seem to be comparable to him. But he's also in that game. Street Fighter Three is the only game where he's gone, and there's another final boss. Um, canonically speaking, Street Fighter Three is the latest in the timeline, and by that point, I'm I think Bison is supposed to be dead for good. Hmm. Well, well, that's interesting. But again, I still feel like this takes place uh, like before the like. Big it, giant, everybody's it, after Bison story. It it could fill the same space that Alpha does 
it's kind of like an alternate timeline for Alpha, I guess uh, you can think of it that way, since the characters yeah. are in those same ages. Um, that, That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, the um, release dates for the two, I'm not sure if there's any if there was any like crosstalk between them because um, Alpha released pretty soon after uh, uh, Street Fighter Two V. So I feel like they were both probably in development around the same time. But uh, I can't help but like feel like, okay, it's like two different companies, two different medias with the same idea. Yeah. Just looking to see what happens. Um, I kind of I, I kind of wish there was more V at the end of the day, though. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I want them to do this and, like, just continue the story that kind of see through the games. Yeah. Well, I told you, I want that Shinmu-style, like, game based on this timeline with, with the option yeah. of co-op. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking mini-games. Oh, like, literal fucking... <laughs> Yeah, that was one thing I was like, I know it's not going to happen, but like, I wish there was like one of those like skeezy cuts they like to put in for moments between Ken and Ryu. And it was like, okay, Ken, Ryu and Chun-Li just finally like have that three way Do the devil's three way. No, it's it's not the devil's three way because Ken's by and Ryu doesn't care. Yeah, it's still Devil's Three Way because there's two dudes. That's if that's the definition of a Devil's Three Way, then it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> because it, it's it's only counting on like it, it's only from the perspective of like straight dudes. See, a Devil's Three Way should be you that's have just the name. Well, no, 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 no. The name makes more sense if it's if there's a, like a universal element to it. If it's you put up with something you don't want to get with something you do. Like, so the devil's three way for a straight guy is we invite another dude so I can get with this lady. A devil's three way for a lesbian is inviting a dude and with two chicks because you got to put up with this thing you don't want. To that degree, I feel like lesbians would dispute that definition. It, it, hypothetical. I, I don't know how lesbians work. I'm just trying to say. <laughs> it's just trying to. I'm just trying to say. It's there's there's a devil's three way for everyone. I think we're overthinking this. No, 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 no. Everyone else isn't thinking enough because, like, otherwise, it's just kind of like. <laughs> it's just it's like then then you can't have fun with the term devil's three way. It's just it's just homophobic. It's okay, Roger. We can see. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I, I demand more of people and their weird euphemisms, <laughs> goddammit. Quite a journey we took there. Uh, <laughs> Jumbo Killers is going to take it back. <laughs> Bring us back. Bring us home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one guy that I want to talk about that I actually really like here, mm-hmm. uh, despite you know him kind of just jumping in, in these last few episodes is Charlie Nash. Oh yeah. He is he's a kind he's of brutal in his nice own guy. right. Yeah, but he can be pretty brutal too. Oh, Do you yes, remember the shot the where he like grabbed the guy's arm, went around it, and then went like he fucking octopus around his arms and then grabbed his neck and snapped <laughs> Christ. He literally he twisted like the dude up in a pretzel. Yeah, he looks like... I like the way he... (laughs) 
think that Guile kind of got dressed up for this mission, but he mm-hmm. just went in like office clothes. Yeah, but he looks like an office worker too. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He's he like, looks like somebody's nice gay dad. Yeah, he's just like a really burly office worker. Yeah, with the glasses. Mm-hmm. He's a... a... I feel like that character is always... People are always trying to be like... I mean, they specifically say he's Charlie Nash, but I feel like Charlie and Nash are sometimes not the same person. And well, like, there's, there's a reason for that. Um... The big thing is 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 that the character's name is different depending upon localization. Um, in the states, he's primarily called Charlie, and in the Japanese, he's known as Nash. Uh, to sort of split the difference, in a lot of cases, they name him Charlie Nash. Mm-hmm. But there's also some of the confusion because. Uh, you know, um, Guile's friend Charlie being killed by Bison has always been his motivation. And then there was the, uh, I don't want to say urban legend, but like the misinterpretation in the States that Blanca was Charlie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why he, he can feel like a different guy. Didn't that happen in the movie? Yeah, yeah. in the movie. Live action movie. Yeah, it's so a it's funny Blanca, thing. Not Charlie. No, no, he's a different character altogether. And it's a funny thing with that because, like, fan lore affecting the live-action Street Fighter films happened again. It happened in the uh, Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> I didn't finish it. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Uh, okay, I won't say any more. Not that it matters. That movie is terrible. It matters to me. Okay. Um, yeah, but what I saw was pretty bad. It's a bold it's... choice to go with an Irish bison. Oh, God. Oh. Or actually, not an Irish bison. Have an American actor do an Irish accent. Uh, it's. You can kind of. Because ethnicity and bison don't really. You can make bison whatever you want. He's a fucking. He's basically like a man monster. Like a, a humanoid monster. Um, I, uh, well, I don't want to go into anything that could be spoilers. I don't know how much you've seen. Suffice <laughs> to say, shit was bad. Yeah, I just it's funny how you see this kind of often misuse of voiceover. It's the the voiceover misuse in that movie is just criminal. It's just mm-hmm. bad. You never and I saw another movie that did it really poorly too, which mm-hmm. is uh, the Hate You Give recently. Mm-hmm. You never want to have somebody saying voiceover that is just saying exactly what you're seeing on screen. Yeah. But like explaining it more. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have one be kind of abstract. Mm-hmm. Or just not do it. That's a, even better is to just not do voiceover at all. Well, I mean, it's like you can have voiceover kind of reflect what a character is thinking or kind of like, yeah, be abstract, talking flower flowerly about something that like will come into play later. Yeah. yeah. Even, even that, though, is kind of you already have so many layers of things mm-hmm. going on in a, a film or show in any one moment. Where it's like visual, like audio, like subtext, you know, dialogue, 
you know, people's body language and then to add another layer, just, it's like too much. But, uh, I don't know. Tangent. Mm. No worries. Um, what were we talking about before we went off on that rant? Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other stuff stood out in these episodes, but just they followed that little that arc so hard that it, there really wasn't much room for anything else to happen. Um, it was just yeah. You know. We had Fei Long. I like that Fei Long showed up again. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like his character. He's <laughs> very excitable. Yeah, I mean, more than anything, I just like that all these, you know, they kind of followed this formula of, of let, let's go to a new town, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fight with the locals, have a misunderstanding, and then get a buddy out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it was cool kind of seeing all those buddies show up at the end to help. Mm-hmm. Like, And they didn't, like, overdo it. Like it wouldn't. Have yeah, been it wasn't like Dalsim and Sagat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it would have been cool if they could have worked him in. But um, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a moment where like Ken or Ryu were like powering up their Hado, and then like you cut to Dalsim and India kind of like looking to the side, like they've done it. <laughs> yeah, I was half <laughs> expecting something like that. Yeah, or them remembering something, mm-hmm. which was kind of like nice. You know, I was talking about how you can add too many layers to something, mm-hmm. but I this is why I was kind of torn on that moment where Ryu is like hypnotized, but also doing the Hado. I think mm-hmm. it was kind of a misfire to have it happen there, mm-hmm. but I think like if they would have done it later when he was conscious and about to like blow Bison mm-hmm. out of the water, it could have been cool to show. You know, he's got this Zen moment, and then you have the music to kind of remind you of the old Chinese man. Yeah. Like, back when he was first learning it. What would you uh, think of a montage in that moment? Um, yeah, you could do that. I think it could have worked fine. That could have been tight. Yeah. But it's definitely, and we've seen this sort of thing before, where you can see where they put the budget. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's nice, because you don't really need... But they did some nice tricks mm-hmm. as far as like the dialogue goes. But yeah, and they uh, snatched some. Really, I think they snatched some animations from the uh, animated film too. Because because <laughs> I want to say Ryu's hurricane kick is the one he used on Fei Long in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, there was the uh, <laughs> there was the bit where uh, Bison landed after I think the second Psycho Crusher. <laughs> And it's like so, like it's animated so over the top. He's got like all the spinning and turning and working the legs to stop. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, for me it was just the last moment when he blasts him and you see him like spinning around and you can see his face. Mm-hmm. Oh fucking, his mouth is all open and shit. Yeah, that was pretty That's good. Pretty funny. Yeah, I did feel like. I mentioned this earlier, but I feel like Chun Li and her dad kind of got the short end of the stick. Like Dorai got put into a coma. He did and, have uh, he did have one last badass moment though, where it's like I'm about to die. Better use this fucking pressure point to fake my death. <laughs> I didn't see that. 
Yeah, it's why everyone thinks he, he, he like, hits a pressure point in the back of his neck right before, um, I think, Cammy drops the wire or something like that. But he's basically, I think that's where the majority of his injuries actually come from, is that he was unconscious when he, completely unconscious when he fell into that truck full of whatever the fuck. <laughs> I think they were uh, gas cans. Yeah. Which was weird. <laughs> it's like, we need something that's not going to kill him, but something that's not going to be a soft landing that will still kind of fuck him up. All right, yeah. gas cans. <laughs> They were just looking outside, and uh, somebody drove past with one of those or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just want somebody to make a movie out of this where Chow Yun-Fat plays Dorai with a mustache. Yeah, he's he, he literally is living his own like series of films as the series goes on. And then like has a crossover movie with uh, Fei Long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One thing I had to say about Fei Long in this is, uh, uh, right before he starts fighting with Cammy, <laughs> he won't stop hitting on her. <laughs> what did he, he say? He keeps uh, he keeps telling her she's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> was he really hitting on her though? I feel like it was just a dumb guy thing to say. He wow, just kept pretty. Yeah, like like you're per, you're. Hold up, there was one thing actually. Here we go. He says at one point after he's already told her she's pretty at least once, maybe twice. Um, he says I've never met a female assassin or at least one so pretty. And <laughs> the first thing I thought was, wait, you've met female assassins before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chun Li. Uh, it was it was kind of nice to see Chun Li, kind of tearing uh, ass all over the place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was nice to see that because I feel like they, and it's part of her character. I feel like we get to see her fight throughout the series, but she's never, like, we never get to see like full on Chun Li wants to actually yeah, hurt somebody. She, yeah, she doesn't have the. She doesn't. I don't even want to call what Kenyon Ryu have a mean streak, but she doesn't have that. Well, that, that she doesn't like, have that want to want to like fight and win that they have. Well, she never got put in those situations where it was like kill or be killed, mm-hmm. or like you know, even when Ken Ryu were fighting themselves in the cave, mm-hmm. they didn't know what the hell was going on, and they beat the shit out of each other. Like she was never kind of put into any dire well, yeah. situation like that she was always just trying to like but i mean go th- go through somebody or something she also sees the fighting very like much more like a means to an end than ken and ryu do because like yeah even when they're like like sparring with each other or having like random fights with goons or whatever where they're clearly where the goons are clearly outmatched there's kind of a uh a greater intensity to them versus Chun-Li. With Chun-Li, it's like, okay, did I I get them to stop hitting me? Okay, good. Whereas Ken and Ryu is like, okay, let's let's put this guy down for a second. Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to say is she's a bit more inhibited than they are, and she is completely unchained in these episodes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's why I was so... Because I liked Chun-Li in this show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we missed out on a character growth moment for her. Yeah. Especially when she she literally watched 
Bison kill the shit out of Charlie. I don't think they remember like, things uh, during the yeah, brainwashing. It seemed, like it, it seemed like not, but the way they were kind of framing it, like they kept cutting to her watching it. Yeah, it was kind of like this would be a really interesting like character event if you know mm-hmm. she comes out of it and she saw this thing happen but she was powerless to do anything or she has flashes of it or whatever mm-hmm. it just or even just having been mind controlled like they kind of brush it off Ryu doesn't seem to care he's like oh I don't remember yeah Let's, yeah that, that was the thing now. that was the thing for me is that he was like I don't remember anything why am I lying in this debris uh, yeah, it would have been an interesting like, thing yeah. if they had some memory of it, or you know what? If they did another series and maybe she was like seeing it in their sleep or something and didn't know why. Yeah, they kind of. Yeah, that's why the ending was nice, but it was a little bit like I would have wanted more of an epilogue for all of the characters, mm-hmm. including Ken and Ryu, because yeah, I always felt like this moment would be a. A big moment because I feel like when we've seen in other interpretations where Ryu and Ken are reunited and mm-hmm. Ryu's like he's kind of that stoic guy mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck you know and part of that is kind of just laziness. Well, oh, he's, let's have the the stoic guy. Well, he's also he's also meant to reflect a, a, a very particular Japanese archetype. That is yeah. the stoic guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's mm-hmm. kind of just that guy, but I feel like there's an opportunity to have used what just happened at the end of the series to build into his I think, character change. I think they were leaning into that at the yeah. end, but uh, it would have it would have been good to see more for sure. Yeah, I I just kind of got the feeling. And maybe it was the way the actor delivered it too. Like he was very happy. Like okay, I'm gonna okay, well, go on another adventure by myself. Yeah, though that's also this particular take on Ryu. He's uh, yeah. noticeably more jovial than any other take on the character. Yeah, which I liked. Me too. Just this is this is my favorite way. interpretation of Ryu by far. Yeah, for sure. Mine too. Very other fun. Other than the masterful performance we got in Street Fighter the movie from the guy, <laughs> brilliant. What was brilliant was that Hadouken. <laughs> I don't even remember it. I just don't understand why they decided. Let's give him a Hadouken, but but. We've established that people don't have powers here. All of Bison's powers come from... Just do it. <laughs> Does he just, like, throw his arms into he, somebody? And there's a flash. Oh, there's a flash? Yeah, a flash and a sound effect. Oh. I don't remember that. It's random as fuck. Yeah, I remember Liu Kang doing it at the end of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, that was that was a bit more intentional. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were both and, and Well, well, well you, what I mean is that, like, it made sense in the world. People have powers in Mortal Kombat, and that includes the humans, because we see Johnny Cage do the shadow kick while fighting Scorpion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, of that, I will say that the uh, the Legend of Chun-Li, it did have points in it 
for me for having Robin Shu in it. Yeah. Like that guy. Yeah. I wish he would get more work. Me too. Yeah, props for casting him and props for casting Michael Clark Duncan as Balrog. <laughs> she was so goofy. I mean, I mean, who else? The only other guy you could cast for that role is what, Bing Rames? I mean, you there's plenty of... I'm sure there's a ton of... I don't want to see some tiny-ass black guy in boxing gloves. No, nah, I'm not saying a tiny black guy. There's probably a bunch of better unknown big black actors that could play that part. Wesley Snipes. Get Wesley Snipes. He's too tiny. Too tiny. Wesley Snipes? Balrog is huge. Balrog. Yeah, but they're all huge. Balrog is almost as big as Zangief. Why did I emphasize the, the, the gif part of his name? <laughs> <laughs> Zangief. In, in the show? I, I heard it somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah, I really liked that uh, that uh, Zangief clotheslining Ryu off of that car on the beach. <laughs> and then suplexing him into the sand. I love that. It's something about the way he was just standing there with his arm out, kind of like gesturing to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was doing that. He was like waving him on, too. I I went back and rewatched it because I was like, wait a minute. Did he just clothesline him off off that car? And I went back and he was actually like doing the like, you know, that thing when you're trying to like wave someone into a a parking space. Yeah. He was doing that right before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the most workman ass wrestler I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I do like that. I don't know. I'm kind of. <laughs> it's weird that I'm. I'm used to seeing these interpretations where at the end all of the characters line up and like mm-hmm. compose. I know they do in the Street Fighter movie, but I feel like yeah. other, like at the end of the Tekken anime, they're all kind of standing around. Yeah, like, after, as the yeah. island's blowing up or some shit. Yeah. They don't do that. I was kind of expecting something like that here, but not really. I'm glad they didn't, but it kind of... The way they presented all of the characters, it just felt true to all of the characterizations, and I feel like they did a really good job of giving everyone their moment. Mm-hmm. Kind of developing everybody, and like everybody was there. Like, mm-hmm. They really realized that they had these characters, and they could develop them or add more backstory, and give them time to shine, rather than just like okay, year, yeah, put placing them in their roles yeah, and just kind or, of or or being like we need this archetype, so let's make up a new character. Like mm-hmm. no, like we need someone to go in and rescue them, so that would be. Guile and Charlie and will take this opportunity to, to do Guile's big life event with Charlie. Mm-hmm. That was another um, interesting point was that um, so far um, the show is uh, when it kind of went in the direction of, um, I don't know, is subverting the right term I'm looking for, but like kind of like taking your expectations and going another way with them. Like, Ken, like Ryu and Sagat don't have the uh, fight that scars his chest forever. Um, yeah. Dorai doesn't die, 
even though he's kind of like, yeah. you know, both of those things are fated to happen in normally in Street Fighter canon. So you, it, it, it still came as a shock when uh, Charlie did die. Yeah, I was, I was like, feeling like something was going to happen, like Guile might show up in the nick of time, or yeah. maybe Chun-Li's mind control would break, or something. A stray Hadouken yeah. would go flying through the wall. I had the, the same thing, where it was, I was watching it, and I was like, you know what, Like maybe they're not going to show that this time. Because we really did just get introduced to Charlie. Mm-hmm. But they did it, and it was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was rough. Because I was also kind of like when they were flashing back to the jungle and shit. I was like, why are they flashing back to the jungle right now? But then later on, I realized, uh, because, oh, we have to show the bond between Charlie and Guile mm-hmm. and they know each other so long and blah, blah, blah. So you feel something when he gets killed. Yeah, they were. This show was it was pretty good about showing people getting like, like getting broken up over death because like. You got Guile breaking down, and then you get the scene of Fei Long in the airport losing his shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Poor Dore. Yeah, he got fucked up. I feel like maybe they were going to kill him, and then they were just like, wait a minute, we made this guy way too likable. Yeah. He's way too cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't really see him like... You don't really get the confirmation moment at the end, so it may have been possible that like him actually dying was in the works for a minute, and then they changed. Maybe like they changed gears, but uh, kind of cautiously. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe I don't know. I don't know how censorship works in Japan or whatever. I feel like they were let to do whatever the fuck they want. But yeah, I don't. Someone was like, we. We can't kill both of these guys. Yeah, I think that's what what it was more than anything. I don't think it was going to be like too dark or anything. Yeah. So I did like. It's funny because the announcer kind of spoils things at the end of each episode. <laughs> the episode before, and he reads the title, and it's something like, "What the fuck was it?" It was like, "Oh, about Nash, or it's like fallen comrade or some shit." Well, the the title of the episode was something like "Best Friend Falls Down Forever" or some weird shit like that. And that that's a and sadly that's a pretty common thing with uh, anime. Uh, there was some some um, some Dragon Ball Z episodes that are basically just spoiled two seconds after immediately. It's like, will G- Vegeta survive his encounter with Frieza, and will he last long enough for Goku to show up and save him? And then the next episode <laughs> is called Death of a Saiyan Prince. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. the answer is no. Yeah, right after... Uh, <laughs> I did like how tense that moment of them killing Nash was, mm-hmm. and then it, it cuts to like the happy music in the preview, and then the announcer's like, Nash has died, and now Guy must carry the screams of his best friend ringing in his heart forever. <laughs> Sadly, anime does that to the point that a lot of fans will just skip the episode previews. Mm, yeah, I thought about doing that, but they're just so... The guy is so ridiculous, I like hearing his voice. <laughs> Me too. Gonna burn some muscle. And the name of the episodes are just 
great. I love yeah. all of them. They're, so, they're, they're very uh, dramatic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did find it funny that uh, <laughs> during Giles' fight with Zangief, he hits him in the nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I remember because I think it makes like a cash register sound. Yeah. I was laughing pretty hard. <laughs> Nut shot. Also, another funny thing with Guile is when he's getting whooped by Chun Li. At some point, he shouts, "Holy shit!" Oh yeah, I did, <laughs> I did catch that. He was like, "Ah, I'm not gonna hold back anymore," and she did some crazy flip. And then she just starts beating his ass again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've more or less covered everything I wanted to talk about in regards to the episodes we saw. Um, anything you guys wanted to say before we get into recommendations? Mm, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, like Mike had said earlier, I, I actually want more. This is it was really it's a really good show. It's um, especially with Street Fighter Five out was well, out for a while, mm-hmm. but it would it would be interesting to see a more up to date one. It's just based off of that game, I don't know what the story is with that or anything, but it would be something different to see what's going an anime based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when was the last time we got like a Street Fighter anime? Um, the last time we got one, there was, well, there was a couple made to coincide with, uh, Street Fighter 4. There was, like, I want to say there was, like, two. Uh, so the most recent one was the one they did that centered around Guile, Cami, and Chun-Li fighting, a Jury, who was a new character in 4. Um, I want to say that's kind of it. And um, either before or after that, there was a the live action uh, series they did, uh, Assassin's Fist. They did a follow up to it, but I never watched it. I only saw the first season. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that. Is it good? It's good. It's really good. I should have watched that. Uh, you know, even just like apart from wanting more of this story. I'm curious to hear your recommendations because that kind of like buddy road trip, like the with the you know the serious tone, but also the goofy tone. I feel like this is, I don't know, I I have a fondness for this just because it is so odd and unique, like tonally, and to have it tied to such a big IP. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's going to be hard not to like trip and fall over recommendations I made prior. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, maybe like the Motorcycle Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen that movie? Uh, I have not. Uh, it's, nope. Uh, it's uh, based on Che Guevara's... Uh, one of his earliest books that he published is called The Motorcycle Diaries. But basically when he was young, him and his best friend rode a motorcycle uh, through Latin America. Uh, they were from Argentina, and they just kind of 
rode this janky little motorcycle all around the continent. And uh, it was kind of like it was a big turning point for, uh, you know, Che Guevara. You know, in his life, it was when he kind of discovered what he wanted to do with his life. Like, he wanted to help people more than just be a doctor, which is what he went to school for. But the movie itself is very much, like, it has those serious beats about that, where he's making these realizations. But it's very much a fun movie about two young people just traveling together and meeting random people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that's kind of like the only thing I could really think of that kind of matches tone with this. There's no kung fu in it, though. Hold on. Sorry, I'm uh, attempting to get some help from the internet. More looking at other people's recommendations to maybe jog my memory on something I'm forgetting. What about you, Joe? You got any recommendations? Uh, hmm. What was that movie? Oh, it was so good. It had the, the it's like it was about wrestling, and it had the guy from the office. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> Foxcatcher. Yeah, sure. Why not? Go see. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. No, that's that's, a, that's yeah, that's Foxcatcher. That's a that's, that's a that's, an awesome that's movie. That's an that's another classic weird recommendation from Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good movie and <laughs> yeah just go watch it it just it needs, it needs to be seen it's when great did you see that joe oh a long time ago i saw it a long time ago but it was yeah. seeing him he acted so different from his usual yeah. silly steve carell yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> steve carell it was just Wow, it was different. Um, Joe, did we live together when that was about to come out? Yeah, I remember telling you, like, talking to you about the the trailer for that and being like, that shit's so intense. Yeah. Yeah. I was so hyped on that trailer. Great movie. That's like the most intense one minute trailer ever. (laughs) Do you have a favorite road trip movie, Joe? Road trip? Yeah. I was with um, Tom Green. I think he was in that. Yeah, wasn't that he? In road, that? Not Road Trip the movie. Just yeah. Road Trip movie. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. no, I was talking about Road Trip the movie. Oh, I mean, oh, okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, where people go on a great journey and discover themselves. Well, they kind of discovered themselves. No, they didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure one of them, they, 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 there is some self discovery in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh? No, I can't. I'm the drawing Lord blanket. of the Rings. Yeah, that's the most class. Or the Hobbit. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, that's all about very. There's adventure stuff in there, but I always either it's feel so it's, it usually feels like too grand. Like Street Fighter 2V hits like a really interesting sweet spot between like the grand and the grounded. Mm. Yeah, I think it is like I think it is like the motorcycle diaries. It does have that. It's it's just I don't know. It's silly. Mm-hmm. And it's two young assholes traveling around discovering themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't think of anything more on the nose that has like kung fu in it or anything. 
Um, yeah, there's stuff that's like the the one thing I would recommend that's like very very similar is, and I'm pretty sure I've recommended it before, is the uh, Virtual Fighter anime. Uh, yeah, it's 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 like a it's um it skews a bit younger than Street Fighter 2V, but it's a very very similar. Both in the sense that it's based on like a fighting game IP, and that it's a martial artist on a journey, and kind of like utilizing those those martial arts the same way people would use uh, I don't know like equipment or superpowers or whatever. They both kind of fall into that category of martial arts as a superpower, and um, even before you know the point in V where they literally get superpowers. <laughs> Um, let's see. Again, apologies if I'm overlapping here. Uh, there's an anime called History's Strongest Disciple Kenichi, and that's kind of like learning about the martial arts. Martial arts is your superpower type deal. But it's, it's not, it's not so much the journey. Everything's coming to the main character versus the characters going out and seeking it. Um, let me think. Uh, there's other just like fighting game animes that are kind of fun. There's a series of, uh, it's like three, uh, Fatal Fury animes that are, um, animated pretty well. They're fun to look at. Um, kind of silly, but, um, they're a bit more uh, cinematic experiences, especially the third one. I mean, if we're just going with fighting, like, I guess anime based off of fighting games, there's the Power Stone anime. That was there for a little that bit. That might be... I haven't seen it, but that's actually... I think that's got an adventure element to it as well. Yeah. So that might be a bit more on the nose. Good job, Joe. You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, it was like in the movie that Ryu and Ken are con men. <laughs> <laughs> That's one interpretation. It's a weird one. Darkstalkers? That wasn't wasn't that anime? That was anime. It was, but the only connection there is that it's a fighting game. It's a very, very different beast. Mm. I like it a lot, though. Mm. I know that Jumper Cables, you don't like this, but Tekken, the motion picture, still have a soft spot for that movie. I don't hate it as much as I used to. It's, it's, uh, it's got some, it's, it, it went from being terrible to me to just kind of like polarizing. <laughs> like, like depending upon the day I watch it, I'll feel a little different. You know, like I'll feel differently about it from day to day. I'll sometimes feel better about the stuff that's good or feel worse about the stuff that's bad. For me, I don't know. I, I, I really do. Just like the whole thing, even mm. though it's, it, I mean, it takes the focus and just kind of shrinks it, which obviously you don't get all mm -hmm. the characters, but it's also only an hour. But for me, it was just like, at the time that I saw it too, it was like magic. Like, yeah, well, they, 
they took the thing that I liked and they made it move in a new way and they yeah there's voices and like seeing the story that actually play out it, it it kind of it was there was there was a bit of serendipity to eat when you saw it um yeah right now is a bad time for me and it because it's like driving that uh focus on the Mishima's into my head and i i yeah. officially i I'm, I'm going to hate everything mishima for a while thanks to tekken yeah. 7 i I, know, I find that anime very charming i don't charming in a different way than this but yeah this is like you know what it fuck. is it's like the tekken the tekken anime is like the edgelord cousin of Street Fighter 2V. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But it's still like He's still he's still an he's still an alright guy. He's just he's just like way too edgy. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's more like nineties edgy. Like yeah, yeah, definitely. 90s edgy. <laughs> Super nineties edgy but for it's sure. Still Tekken, so you get shit like boxing kangaroos. Yeah. No, they still it's they're still related. So, so they still have some of the same stuff. They got some of the same genetics in there. See, I wish there was more of it. Because then we could get something like this where they did flesh out all the other other characters. I wish we'd have gotten like a something longer, like a small series rather than a uh, a kind of jank movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but like. I don't know, just to see, because I do like those interpretations. I think it's it's over the top and kind of silly and weird. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see like their version of of like Law and Paul's relationship. Mm-hmm. Really, you could have a Street Fighter Two V's type story with those two, pretty easy. Both, you know, and you can either go, you know, like V and make it like prequel style. It's like, oh, this is what they did when they were young. Or yeah. you could you could be or you could even have that adventure with them older and it's like okay we've got to figure out how to make some money. Yeah, <laughs> shit. And I just Tekken was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. It's frustrating because like Seven even like acknowledges the bits we like like uh, in um, one of uh, Law's uh, endings, like, he's fighting someone and is on the ropes, and then Paul shows up, and they tag-team him, and it's like, oh, this is cool, and then it's over. Yeah, I think... I think, really, my expectations were maybe more tempered in Years War for Seven. Like, I went into it not really expecting... Yeah, you were already mad about Lay. Yeah, I was that, but also just like I mean, the way it kind of like the trajectory of the story mm-hmm. after five going to six, mm-hmm. like and like it just seemed like they took their eye off the ball and kind of kept doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, they were, and I guess that was one of the reasons why I was hyped for 7, because like all the trailers for the story mode made it seem like, okay, we're finally going to get some definitive and conclusive stuff in this Mishima Zaibatsu drama, and we did, but we didn't get anything else. That's enough talk about Tekken. This is a Street Fighter podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
if you kind of like the idea of the kind of quest that uh, Ken and Ryu were on, just okay, we gotta we gotta become the very best, like no one ever was. Um, Grappler Baki has that element. That's one of the driving forces, specifically in the beginning. It uh, turns real serious at a certain point in the series, but you can you can have some fun with the show. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to recommend because it's Street Fighter 2V such a unique experience. It feels like there should be a lot more like it out there, but nothing quite hits the... Uh, it's hitting a pretty particular niche, I guess is what I want to say. Because it's like reaching that road trip element, that sense of adventure. Uh, if you like martial arts, it's there too. And then it's also... Um, very much got like a Saturday morning cartoon feel to it. So I guess like yeah. the element of fun that a unique element of fun that comes from joining a lot of those individual elements. And then you yeah. almost get like a spiritual element with the whole Hado thing, which, you know, coming back and rewatching this Hado, that, that Hado is the superpower I want. Normally, you know, what answer I'd give to that question, you know, you could have any superpower. It would vary, but no, now that's the answer. That's the only power, superpower I want. I don't want anything else. Yeah, I really like the way they handled that shit, too. Just how they handled everything. Like, I was talking before about how they did all the characters justice, mm-hmm. but all the little things like the, the Hado, like things that you see in the video game, they just took all that shit and expanded on it so it made mm-hmm. sense and it had meaning and yeah and they really took their time with it like it wasn't rushed it was a lot of episodes like i would rather it be as padded as it is than have it feel like rushed and forced yeah yeah true like even even like the old man who taught him that like we got to know that guy mm-hmm. To the point where I was like, I want to see more yeah, of it. Yeah, I wonder what the old... Yeah, you're wondering what the old guy's doing. Yeah. That'd have been kind of neat. Or, like, maybe, like, in a... We get, like, a really big epilogue, and then there's, like, a shot of uh, Sagat walking into his tea shop. <laughs> Man. That'd have been so tight. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I wish there was more of this. It's so good. <sighs> all right, all right. Before we uh, end this, it's time to talk hypotheticals here. What would, what exactly, outside of like it, whatever we've already said, what would you like to see if we got like one last episode to be like the true and complete epilogue? Honestly, just give me like the fucking 20 minute Lord of the Rings epilogue where we see everyone again. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing and how they're reacting. Like, I just want, like, character beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would want, too. I really enjoyed watching all the characters and learning more about them. It would, I would love to really have the ending of all this be where they're all jumping up in the air saying, yeah, <laughs> you know, free shot. I, I did think that, like, more than group pose, that the characters we do know you know, as like a farewell would warrant a big, like, like a group hug. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like Ken and Ryu are like 
they're like honorary uh, cousins or something to Chun Li, and Dorai probably sees them like his own kids, and yeah, they're they, they're they're effectively family by this point, so that would be something good to see. Yeah, I would like that's. Funny, it was a bittersweet moment seeing the two of them part at the mm-hmm. end, just because we've been on this journey. But I feel like the act, they didn't actually sell that it was bittersweet between mm-hmm. them. They were kind of just like, "Well, see ya. Yeah, look me up." So I'll probably show up like, again. Where um, they, they 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 do say something kind of <laughs> interesting that reminds you that they're they're teenagers, which is like. Ken says something like, I, I won't be doing any more fighting. And he mentions his dad and then says, I won't be doing any more fighting anytime soon. <laughs> like, I think Ken's grounded. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my dad wants me to come home. Yeah, I imagine they would probably be like, okay, Ken, I'm going to give you a job in the company now. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. it's just under the auspices of, I've got to keep that kid out of trouble. Hmm. Parting is such sweet sorrow. But I guess that would be one thing I'd want in the epilogue. Uh, obviously, again, Sagat going, you know, Sagat re, kind of like reinvigorating his uh, desire to fight and be a kickboxer might also get him back on the path to Hudo that they um, they hinted at. Which is why I thought yeah. the idea of him walking into that old guy's tea shop would be pretty cool. Um, maybe Dorai back on his feet and busting up the remnants of Shadow Law that escaped. Yeah, I'd want a little quiet moment between him and Chun-Li. That too. And maybe the, the guys, just him recovering, taking a break for once. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, also like, back then, they're so nonchalant about parting ways, it's like, what is this, like, 95 or something? Yes, uh, 96. Yo doesn't... Rio's gonna go. Rio's gonna go wander. I mean, I guess Ken will probably be reachable, but it's not like he can text him or send him a letter to find yeah. him. Yeah. Like if Rio doesn't want to be found, like it just seems like they didn't really. Like it should have been a bigger deal that they were part. Yeah, definitely more time for that too. But I'm not mad at what we got. No. It's it, it's, it, it's not that it was bad. It just it could have been more. And we want more. <laughs> I guess we'll. Yeah. I guess it's. I guess it's like Golden Boy. We're always just gonna want more of this. Yeah, I saw that thing where I started it so long ago, and I've even like rewatched, like tried to start the whole thing a few times and ended up rewatching like the beginning parts. Mm-hmm. So now I finally finished it. So it's like extra sad. It's yeah, like, I've done that a few times, and it's. It's kind of just like closing another chapter of your childhood. Yeah. I guess if we want more, we're going to have to make it. Yep. <laughs> Story of our lives. Anything you guys want to say to the audience before I uh, head to India and seek out the Dalsim in hopes of learning the Hado? Always eat your Brussels sprouts. Make it, make it strong. Yeah. Also, take in lots of protein if you're going to burn some muscle. It's done. So, I may have 
jump the gun a bit on the full switch to SoundForge. Uh, I guess I forgot I was using a new program and was unfamiliar about certain functionality. So we'll be doing a bit of a hybrid till I can get the full scope of SoundForge. But uh, back to Audacity. I mean, I guess I can always fall back on it, which isn't a bad thing. But yeah, haven't done this in a while. The song you're listening to right now is uh, Synthetic Highway. If you want to hear more like it, head on down to soundcloud.com slash submorphine, S-U-B hyphen, M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. As far as I remember that. Uh, the song you're going to hear next, which you haven't heard in a while, I think. I think. I'm not sure. But the next song is uh, Anime Raku, which is by Squareon. And if you want to hear more like that, head on to facebook.com slash squareion. S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Yes. Yes. I remembered. Um, if you want to hear from the co-hosts or myself, in, you know, not exactly in person, but individually, I'm on Twitter at OldTakuConnect. Joe's on Twitter at... Hey, look... At NAGP Returns, and Mike's on Twitter at Hyper90s. You can find the network in general, all the podcasts on Android, iTunes, Google Play, as well as SoundCloud.com slash Radio. And there's also a Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Radio. And I think that's it. I think that's everything. I'm going to get through this without running out of music, which is good. So, yay. We're back. We're back. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Have a good night. Uh, well, not into drugs. Not super into drinking. But man, all that fucking... That, that, that do it for I I'd see that and I'd be like, damn, can I can I get in on this? Alright, this is happening. Bend over. Yeah, I got next. I got next. I got next. Yeah, bend over. Yeah.